night, and welcome to Holy Nuts, the Grizzlies fired Fizdale. What is going on? It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I guess welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here all alone for a solo interview episode. It's crazy. I really liked Fizdale as a person. Seemed really friendly, really cool. Cool guy. But he's gone. So yeah, this is a solo interview episode. After the Grizzlies dropped their eighth straight to the Nets and Mark did not play in the fourth quarter and postgame said some things that caught my ear. So I wanted to talk about it. So I scheduled this interview for this night. And then what in the world? The Grizzlies dropped the bomb on Fizdale. The Gasolcalypse, the Markageddon, if you will, uh, claimed one victim, David Fizdale. Take that for data. At the very least, as suggested by awesome Twitter user, me tweet Grizz, me tweet Grizz. I do hope that he uh, tears down some Confederate statues on his way out of Memphis. Maybe brings in Nathan Bedford Forrest, drags it through the streets for a while. So that guy was outspoken. He was the leader of uh, Round Ball Rock podcast, NBA Woke Off. Feel bad for Dave Fisdale. Good guy. But perhaps... That's what happens when you mess with Mark, the shark. Anyway, I guess before we get to the interview, if you want to support the program, or if you want to buy a gift for a special someone in your life, the perfect holiday gift with German-engineered, ergonomically designed five-blades razor of Harry's Razors, you can get a gift subscription and you can get some money off that subscription when you go to harrys.com slash fast break. I got to tell you, John's been shaving. He looks great. I am thinking about shaving because of all the incredible stuff Harry's has sent me. It is a beautiful, beautiful razor kit. There is a wonderful peppermint face wash that I have been using. Don't have to shave to use that. And so if you're thinking maybe uh, I want to impress that special someone, maybe I understand Cleed Shave is the new beard. I want to be extra hipster. I want to go against beards. I'm going to go clean shave. Uh, maybe a way to do that is with Harry's razors. And if you want to start your gift subscription, you want to try it out, go to harrys.com slash fast break. Also, if you want to support the show directly, you can be one of those awesome people who supports us at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. There you can join the very popular Slack chat where we talk about basketball and movies and whatever else around the clock and breaking news like Dave Pisdale got fired. Uh, and that is all with John and Chuck and me and all a bunch of other people. It's a lot of fun. And obviously that money uh, helps this podcast Keep going. Pays for babysitters. We need babysitters. This, uh, the maternity leave of my wife is, is over. Things are getting desperate. The podcast, it is tough. 
There are now two babies in the baby dungeon. Uh, so if you want to support the program, do it at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. My guest today covers the Grizzlies for the Commercial Appeal in Memphis and hosts uh, Willow and Pete on a Memphis radio station. Is that AM560? It is. All right. And is the host of Locked on Grizzlies podcast and is a return guest, Mr. Peter Edmiston. Peter, how's it going? Uh, everything is uh, chaotic for you. Uh, things are crazy. Before we dive into the crazy, Peter, did you have breakfast? Breakfast this morning was my typical Honeycrisp apple. Uh, uh, we've, we've talked about that. That's just <laughs> that's just my norm. That's my thing. Um, but yeah, we just got done with uh, with doing some Christmas stuff, and my wife put together a, a cocoa, a hot cocoa bar. So we had a uh, oh we had the hot cocoa with uh, marshmallows and whipped cream and sprinkles and chocolate chips, and uh, it was it was delightful, fantastic, uh, a nice way to cap off a, a very strange day. That sounds delicious. Speaking of, speaking of apples, a couple things. Uh, one, I last night at 3 a.m. was listening to your podcast with Kevin Leip, and uh, you, you started talking about apple pies, and you got really into this one apple pie, and I was thinking, man, this guy is crazy for apples. And then right after that, you shouted me out, and I was really happy because I was really because th- the fact that I was thinking, listening to you, I was up in the middle of the night with my baby, and uh, and the fact that I was thinking like this guy is crazy about apples. And then you you brought me up that we'd also talked about apples. So uh, thanks for the shout out. Uh, and happy two- to do it. And yeah. Yes, you should go. It's the it's the Blue Owl in Arnold, Missouri. The the um, mile levy high apple pie is unbelievable. Yeah, I don't think I'm going there. Uh, two, well, I don't know why I, not, Keith. I wouldn't just, I wouldn't just rule it out. I mean, I geez, mean, I, that seems I, I don't. Is it on the way? Is it on the way to something? It's, uh, it's on the way to something. Everything, everything is on the way to something, Keith. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with there for that little spot, in Missouri. Uh, two, <laughs> it's I actually, just outside of St. Louis. If you ever go to St. Louis? I, it's I actually, uh, I believe was that was that the NAACP that recommended not traveling to Missouri. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a whole okay. different other uh, topic. It's a, it's a different podcast, but yes, you're I, right. I owe you two Honeycrisp apples for a rashly made wager on Twitter. <laughs> I believe it was on draft night where I where my thinking looking at the Grizzlies roster was there's literally no way Ivan Rabb and Dylan Brooks are both on the 15-man roster because the Grizzlies have 20 players and what in the world do they need with more unproven second rounders? So I was wrong there. Well, it's uh, it's okay. I'm waiting for my apples. The, right now is a good time because they're they're not too expensive. So if you want to pay up, now is a good time to do it. Uh, I might be able to deliver them uh, early December. There's a lot of lot of December home games. That's uh, fine. I'm happy so, to do. It. I'll take I'll take them right then. I love them. I'll, I'll probably eat them both right in front of you. All right. So I wanted you to come on to this episode to discuss pretty much the Mark Gasol comments after the Brooklyn Nets game where he said some eye-opening things. He said some things about, like, he was benched in the fourth quarter, and then he said some things like, uh, they took away my playing time because they knew it would hurt the most. They would never do this to, to Mike Conley. Uh, and, and so I was really moved by this. And then, in the meantime, Fizdale got fired. So, things are crazy in Grizzlyland. Uh, I don't know where to start. I, I guess, how did the, what was your reaction today when you heard that Fizdale uh, was fired? Well, yeah, I mean, I was shocked. Um, the, the timing of it was the thing. 
uh, I wasn't shocked that it has turned out to be this kind of thing. You know, I I've, I've talked about it for a long time that, that, that these two guys just <clears throat> weren't going to coexist. Um, and they had, they had formed kind of an uneasy bond where they didn't, they still weren't like getting along that great. There were still some issues, but they were making it work. But you know, an eight game losing streak strains relationships, all these injuries strain relationships. And, um, it, it got, it got a little bit ugly, but the, you know, it was, as I've said, it wasn't so much that Fisdale benched Mark that in and of itself is not an ideal situation, but you could even like make an argument based on the way that they played an eight game losing streak. You came out again in third quarters and played like garbage. Uh, this starting unit wasn't doing much. No other starters were out there. Okay, maybe you don't play Mark. All right, you can make that argument. But you have to talk to him about it. You have to, like, discuss it with him. You have to smooth it over because that is part of being an NBA coach. And whether it's fair, unfair, whether it's, you know, the same as it would have to be with anybody else, it, it, it doesn't matter. That's the way it is. Stars are different in the NBA. And Marcus all is the biggest star on this team. And if you bench him without explanation, you are sending a message, whether you intend to or not, you are. And he took it that way. I don't see how Fisdale could have failed to know that. I think he certainly knew it. Mark certainly took it that way and took it very personally. And, you know, less than 24 hours later, Fisdale is gone. It's not, this is not a situation where I think you have to look too deeply into what happened. Two plus two sometimes does equal four. I don't, I try not to follow college sports, but this reeked of SEC sports where a star player gets benched, one booster gets really angry, makes a phone call, and next thing we know, uh, the guy's fired. Is there any kind of person like that in? the Grizzlies organization who could have that much pull or is it like a Chris Wallace thing or some kind of somebody else in the ownership group or Robert Para, the shadowy hand of Robert Para, who maybe he's watching the game and why in the world is Mark Gasol not playing? Let's get rid of this guy. And thus it happens this quickly. Well, I mean, this is, there's only, there are only two players who have, access to Robert Para directly. And those are Mark and Mike. Uh, they talk from time to time. They text mostly, um, you know, that, that this is not, again, I don't think you have to make it very complicated. Okay. If, if, if Mark is unhappy, he has a very easy and direct outlet to the man in charge. That man in charge may or may not, um, agree, disagree. Maybe he, you know, I, I don't know that, that para pays tremendous amounts of attention to the Grizzlies on a day-to-day basis. He may well take Mark's word for it. He, he may, you know, I, I think the front office, it's fair to say I've been told uh, I've had several conversations today with, with various folks around the team and around the league. And um, you know, it's fair to say that, that Fisdale was on thin ice anyway, because of the Grizzlies lackluster post all-star record last year and the way things have gone this year, uh, you know, I think we all talked about how the Grizzlies really struggled to find rotations. You know, the personnel didn't make a lot of sense sometimes. 
I don't think Fizdale ever got a grasp of how to deal with the way things had gone. The, this like uneasy coexistence of offense, defense, the way he wants to play with more focus on outside shooting without actually having the personnel to do that. He, he struggled with that. So, you know, there, there were issues there anyway, but obviously it's exacerbated when your star and, and, you know, Mark last night, um, you know, we record this on Monday night, so it was Sunday night when when this whole thing went down. Mark was very eager to talk, and you know, it was it was me and uh, Ron Tillery, Jeff Calkins, a, a few others, and 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 even some others drifted away as the conversation went on. And the Grizzlies PR staff tried to stop it twice, and Mark was standing at first. Then he sat down and he like looks at me and he's like, "Let's keep talking." Like he wants to, he wanted to get his message across. He wanted to make it very clear that he was not going to deal with the, he wasn't, he wasn't going to make a huge, massive profanity laced tirade about it, but he was going to be very pointed about what he had to do and what he was going to accept and what he was not going to accept. And he was not going to accept being benched by a coach that he really doesn't see eye to eye with anyway. He wasn't going to take that. And obviously he didn't. So when you say it that way, uh, you're, you're telling me not to make it complicated. When you say it that way, it sounds like Mark Gasol says, I'm not going to take this sitting, sitting down. I'm going to do what I can do. Does that mean that he, he texted Para and says, Let, let's do something? Let's get rid of this? I mean, I have, I have no direct knowledge of that. So I, I, can't, I cannot um, say that. But you, you, can, you can feel pretty confident that Mark was a prime mover in these sorts of decisions. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I can't, I cannot, I cannot say, I can't report here or anywhere else and say that Mark definitely did that. No, I would never say that. Cause I don't, I can't prove that, but it, it, there is certainly these things all go together and it's a very reasonable assumption there. I'll put it this way. There's a lot of guys out there that have been labeled coach killers. You can go back to Penny Hardaway with Brian Hill. The, the evidence against some of the guys that have been labeled coach killers is flimsier than the evidence against Mark. This yeah. is one of the most <laughs> direct cases of player irritation leading to coach exit that we've ever seen. This is the, uh, this is the night of pilot where the uh, girl wakes up dead and the guy's like <laughs> covered in blood and he's like holding a knife and he's like, whoops, Whoops. I, uh, you, you know, this I mean, it looks you, bad. You, I mean, it, 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 it looks, it looks, it looks very bad. That's, that's the thing is, you know, you could read this a number of different ways and I have no, like I said, I have no idea what happened. You know, it, there could be a number of different avenues and reasons behind this. I mean, it's, it's entirely possible that, that Mark didn't talk to pair at all. And Para just did this anyway. It's entirely possible that the front office decided that this was the last straw that if you can't communicate with Mark, that that, that was it. Um, I doubt that it happened without Mark talking to somebody about some of this stuff. He was, he was extremely upset. You know, we'll find out more <clears throat> I'm sure in the coming days about all of that, but it could be that Mark, you know, who knows? I mean, he talked to, to maybe, maybe he talked to para and just was kind of venting about it and para just pulled the trigger anyway. I mean, you know, it's who knows? I, I don't, I, I can't, like I said, I, I don't, I don't have any idea and I, I am not making any accusations about specific things that he may or may not have done. I don't know that. 
Yeah. But I do know, I do know that there is quite the um, timeline, quite the correlation, quite the, 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 you know, the logical assumptions that you can make that make perfect sense about how this whole thing went down. Do you assume Mike Conley was involved too? Like, would they have done this? Would management or anyone have done this without also checking with Mike Conley? I think they would have done it without checking with Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they may well have, and they may well have given him a heads up as a courtesy, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the player, the the Grizzlies are having a players only meeting tonight. um, So I don't, I don't know how that will, will all play out and what that will do and where, you know, who, who knows, um, who supported it, didn't support it, who it was, you know, Fisdale's relationships in the locker room. Fisdale was, it was liked by a lot of those guys. A lot of those guys uh, were probably a little confused by some of the things that he did. Um, So I think it's, it's, it's fair to say he was, Fisdale is a, is an interesting dude. I really like him personally. Really like the guy, like, like covering him, like talking to him, had a very good relationship with the guy. Uh, I will miss covering him because he was a he was a very genuine person and I, I think a very smart guy, and I think he he can be a good coach, but I think he got in a little bit over his head, and he has a tendency sometimes to, uh, I don't know, if, you know, you know, play games, but I, I just think he 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 will he doesn't mind pushing buttons, and so you know maybe this was uh, an attempt to push buttons that went too far. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, one guy they didn't tell uh, was Deontay Davis, who tweeted out why earlier today before <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Del- deleting that tweet. So uh, the big thing, the weird thing, one of the weird things with this firing is the Grizzlies roster is terrible. Like, there's <laughs> when the Grizzlies play a game and I'm watching them play these games and I'm watching them play Brooklyn and they're rolling out lineups, my thought is this Grizzlies lineup on the court right now has no chance of outscoring this very terrible Nets lineup they're playing. When they were playing uh, the Nuggets the day after Thanksgiving, the thought was, there's not a single lineup the Grizzlies have put on the court that you would expect to outscore who the Nuggets are putting out on the court. So, like, with, uh, and especially when Chandler Parsons went down in the Nets game, there's no combination of Mark Gasol and the guys who are left on the team that can beat anyone. So, was it the playing games? Was it the benching Gasol that was the like the straw that broke the camel's back? Because when I look at the roster right now without Mike Conley, I have no expectation that this team can win any games, and I blame that on on management and the fact that they still continue carry carrying seven borderline are these guys actually NBA player guys on their fifteen man roster? So, like, why was this it? And and you know what what did they expect Fizz to do with this roster? Um, I would say the short answer is they expect him to do more. Um, so is that reasonable? I, I, you know, I, I don't think so, but that's, that was their, that was their thought. Um, I agree with you. I mean, like, I I don't understand, you know, from the perspective, from Mark's perspective, like, I don't, I don't know why you would go out of your way to piss off the, the, one of the only like actual NBA players you have on your roster. Like you've only got, you know, two or three, like halfway decent even average guys and Mark is one of the few that's above average to why, why, why anger him at this moment in time? That that's the part that I didn't understand that felt almost suicidal from Fizz's perspective. But yeah, I mean the, the lineups, you know, there's only so many ways that you can rearrange 
bad players to avoid bad lineups. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Well, I, I, mean, I, I, when I would, play, I when would you play poker, <laughs> you know, when you play poker, I mean, if you've got, you know, five, nine, Jack King, you know, three, and they're all off suit. What, what I don't, there's only so many ways you can make that hand. No, it, I, it, I, yeah. Your example's perfect. There's no ways you can make that hand. You can, you can keep shuffling the cards in different orders. Yeah. There's, they're still matter. very bad. Still, right. uh, Andrew Harrison and Jarrell Martin exactly. and yeah. Ben McLemore are on the court at the same time. And it's crazy. Like I, I rewatched a lot of the Nets game trying to like read body language, you know, like really focusing on Marcus Gasol. And you could tell that he was like slumped shoulders a bit, but I didn't read anything into it other than like if I was playing basketball and all my teammates were very, very bad. Uh, and like, or, or I was a really bad player playing with someone good who, who had gotten so frustrated that I was not doing the things that he was hoping I would do. And yeah, maybe after a turnover, he didn't run back because he was like, what in the world? I'm uh this is this is this is rough. Well, Mark's body language is always bad, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mark Mark is never you're never going to see happy, super awesome, you know, pumping your fist and going crazy, Mark. I mean, you get the 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 butt slap and the, you know, jumping up and down every now and then when when something happens, but you know, defensively all that he just that's just that's him. Uh, this is part of the 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 frustration and I I went into this yesterday uh, on the on on my podcast. Uh, unlocked on Grizzlies, but part of the frustration from Mark, if you listen to the comments fully, is he went out of his way to do the things that David Fisdale really wanted him to do, and that that really took him out of his comfort zone. You know, he he was not he he was not a guy that you know Mark's not a positive guy by nature. He's very contemplative and introspective and critical, and not just of teammates, but m- more more harshly of himself. That's, that's why Mark's always more fun, weirdly to talk to after losses than wins, because he's much more comfortable talking about why they sucked than why they were good. He doesn't want to talk about why they were good. That's never been him. Um, you know, he's the only guy that had, he had a 38 point performance against the Knicks last two years ago with, with Dave Yeager and, and couldn't wait to talk about how this wasn't the right way to play basketball. And he didn't get these points the right way. That that's just Mark. So he was trying to be positive. Like he he met Fisdale more than halfway when Fisdale said, Look, you know, I need I, I know you're not gonna be like the solo captain guy like you were last year, but I need you to be more positive to your teammates. And Mark said, Okay, I'll work on that. And he did. And this is how he's repaid. You know, that's the that was that was really another issue here, is that I think Mark felt like he really did more than he did last year and and went above and beyond and got repaid by getting embarrassed like this. So that, that was, that was extra, you know, extra salt to this whole deal. So as we talk on Monday night, the Grizzlies are seven and 12 and they have a very hard schedule coming up. Their next four games are uh, against the Spurs twice, the Cavaliers and the Timberwolves. Uh, John Schumann points out that in the Western Conference in the last 10 seasons, uh, 10 non-strike seasons, uh, if you are 7-13 and 13 after 20 games, you have a 0% chance, or no teams have made the playoffs in the Western Conference after starting the season 7-13. and 13. And there's no sign of Mike Conley coming soon 
So, uh, the, the topic du jour across all of the internet, it seems like, uh, all of national media focusing on the Grizzlies, is, is this finally the point? Is this the tipping point of tanking or tanking this season or trading a Mark or a Mike? So what say you, Peter Edmiston? Well, as you know, that's a, that's a multi-pronged issue. I can tell you that in the conversations that I've had with people within the organization, they're not at that point yet. Um, that may well be coming, but not now and not anytime soon because they want to see what this team is like healthy. Maybe they'll get a chance to see that. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Um, based on Mike Conley's situation, could be a while. Chandler Parsons, I, I everything I'm told is that it's not a big deal, but whenever it's his knee and it's Chandler Parsons, it's always a big deal. Um, you know, Brandon Wright, uh, Wayne Seldon, the list goes on and on. They'd like to see what happens when this group is relatively healthy to see how things progress with JB Bickerstaff in charge, who by the way is in all likelihood will finish out the season. They, they don't, I don't, I don't get any sense from them that they're going to do any kind of a coaching search in the season. They, they're very comfortable with JB. JB's done this before with the Rockets. So no need um, to pay anyone else. Well, no need. I mean, you know, that's part of it, I guess, but like, really it's just, that was part of the reason why JB, got the gig because you know he he has he was basically a head coach you know in waiting so here you go um so i don't think they're 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 not i don't anticipate them doing any kind of a search i think jb is going to be the guy um but as far as you know where where they go the, the 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 flip side uh and the other prong of that discussion is if they want to trade mike or they want to trade mark who wants to trade for them and what and for what, um, you know, you have to, you have to find that second party to, to do this. Jerry West was always fond of telling those of us that cover the team. You should see my cell phone. You should see my phone bill. You should see who I've called. And you know, nobody wanted to do business with him. Well, do you want 33 year old Marcus all right now? Uh, who is going to, whether he likes it or not, be labeled a coach killer. Do you want that guy? He's really talented, really good. Got some injury history, um, but you know he's he's going to cost you. He's an expensive guy, questionable. You know, perhaps in the locker room now, uh, but very talented. But can you use him in every offense? Maybe. Um, you know, they're they're he's very persnickety about the way that he wants to play. I don't know that that's going to be that teams are going to be lining up to get Mark uh, for the price, especially Mike yeah. Conley. Do you want Mike with the injury history he's got? And currently right now he's damaged goods with an even bigger contract uh, with more money. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the market looks like for 30 year old Mike Conley, who is injury prone and small point guards as they age do not typically age. Well, I don't know what the market is for him. There is zero market for Chandler Parsons. Uh, there is probably zero market for the majority of the Grizzlies roster at this point, um, at least meaningful market that would get you in a position to be better off and to help you in a rebuild or something like that. So I, I, I mean, that's part of it. I, I, without knowing what the market looks like, even if they dangle those guys, I, I don't, I don't think that it's just going to be like, 
you know, this isn't like Anthony Davis or Greek Freak or, you know, Boogie or somebody else like getting dangled out there. These guys are much older and have much more baggage. I, I don't I don't know what's out there. So that would that would affect it as well. You you may want to tank, but you may not be able to because you can't find a, a suitor. Yeah, I feel like the, the they're, in, they're in a tough situation where I think Grizzlies fans, like we slightly overvalue both of them and especially the contract situation and the age situation makes other teams probably not want to give up anything and maybe a team that might be interested, like maybe like the Wizards or the Raptors would want Gasol, but they don't have much to offer like Grizzlies fans and the Grizzlies, Grizzlies fans aren't going to be excited about the Wizards saying here's the... Uh, the 19th pick in this year's draft right. and, and uh, here's a uh, Gortat and whoever yeah, else, no, you know, no, uh, I mean, again, Sadoransky. Like, I see like, I see like the discussion of from like the Cleveland, like uh, Tristan Thompson and like that Brooklyn pick. No, they're well, not, so, they're not giving that Nets pick up. They're right. Not, right. They're not. Yeah. Nets pick up for Marcus all. It's not happening. So yeah, I think you're what you're the deal that you're talking about with the wizards or with the Raptors for Valanchunas and, you know, if you had Valanchunas and, uh, you know, Ananobi right. and, uh, Hurdle. Know, a pick or two or something like that, then I, I mean, maybe that, that, that might be the best you can do. Right. And, and maybe that's worth doing. Cause I think uh, OG is a pretty good player and looks, looks good to start with. Maybe you could find something there. I, I don't, but you're not, there's not a, I, I get no impression that there is some kind of blockbuster, that is sitting out there waiting, you know, you're going to have a situation where it, it may look a little bit. If you, if you trade, if they decide to trade Mark and they, we are a long way from that as, as evidenced by today, when they <laughs> fired Fisdale, that's a clear uh, endorsement of Mark Gasol. So they, they, they are a far cry from trading a guy that, that, that seemed to have a very heavy hand in getting the coach fired. But if they made that decision, it may look like, the pow trade, you know, coincidentally enough where, yeah. you know, on the surface and from first glance, you're like, what in the hell? Like th really, this is all you can get. And I get that Mark, you know, pow was younger and there, there's a lot more to it. I, at the time and still do think Chris Wallace could have done a hell of a lot better in that trade, even though it worked out for the Grizzlies. But I think Mark's trade would look similar where, and, and my God, the same guys in charge of both. You know, there's a discussion, Keith, that that that, that will that I will be having soon enough. Um, I said it. I don't know what I've said it years ago. I said it again. You know, at the end of training camp, they 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 need new direction in the front office. I mean, Chris Wallace can't be the guy to lead this group. And again, he's the guy that if 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 you want to talk about him and just look at it on a on an overall, you know, macro level. He hired this coach and you gave him 101 games and determined that he wasn't good enough and you were very frustrated and you didn't like him and you had to get rid of him. Again, not even a season, like a season and a quarter, a very, very short time frame. Well, shouldn't somebody take the bullet for that? Shouldn't somebody take the bullet for signing Chandler Parsons to this debacle of a contract? I, I, how, what, how many of these things do you have to do? For Chris Wallace to get fired. I mean, I, I put up on Twitter, seems like someone would get fired for the Grizzlies last last year's offseason. Absolutely. Where they, they drafted Wade Baldwin, who they waived after one year. 
They yeah. traded a, fir- a future first-round pick to get Roddy Zagarach and Deontay Davis. They already waived Roddy Zagarach. Deontay Davis does not look very good. I mean, he's very young. Maybe he'll uh, become more athletic in his old age, like people do never. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then it's yeah. and then and then you signed. Coach Fisdale, you gave Chandler Parsons a max contract. These, these are giant, every giant massive decision the franchise made last year, uh, disastrous. Like, very, very bad. Oh, yeah. And so, I will say, I have some I have some reticence to get too worked up because I, then I, I also still look at the big picture of they legit have made the playoffs for so many years in a row, and I feel like they did so many good little, like, I don't know, microtransactions I don't know, just random things like uh, the Jared, getting rid of Jared Bayless, the, the trading away for Daryl Arthur, uh, uh, just various things. Picking up Matt Barnes for Luke Rittenauer's, you know, uh, contract they picked up on one day. Just all those little things that kept them going for so many years. I kind of been like, all right, this team, like the you know the guys in charge kind of know what they're doing. But I, I'm, I've lost a bit of faith, and obviously the last year has been uh, troubling. Well, yeah, and I, I, I don't know, I. I the the microtransactions that you talk about the second round picks all that stuff that's all that to me that only carries so much currency yeah like you have the the big moves that you have made you have from first round picks for a decade <laughs> you have you got nothing basically hilarious yeah i mean nothing and and there are, there are some things that are unlucky there are some things that are just bad picking there there's all i mean there's all sorts of reasons why but you're a, as a as a general manager of a small market team to go more or less over for the first round for a decade. You you can't sir. You shouldn't be able to survive that. Yeah, there's I, got I, to be somebody who can do that job better. And and the second round successes such as they are can only mask that to a to a whatever degree. You know, you basically they built they 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 got very fortunate. They they rolled the dice on Zach Randolph and came up huge. That was a huge success for them. Marcus Gasol was pretty much a, a more or less finished product when he arrived. But, I mean, you've got to give him credit for going out and, and making, making that move. Uh, you know, Tony Allen was, was definitely a Chris Wallace success story, w- without, without a doubt. Um, so those guys, you've got to give credit for them. Mike Conley development took a long time and was – basically criticized for years and years and years and finally came good. Like that's, that's what you got. Those guys put together worked out really well. Although all all those success success stories that that you laid out, I've made the argument before. And I know uh, like, I think Anthony Sane and the outsiders, they made this argument before you can easily read like the movie major league. Like you could, you can read that situation into it. Zach Randolph becoming good was a complete accident and they had no idea that was going to happen. Uh, Mark Gasol was a throw-in in that trade. There's no way. That was a big surprise. He became good. And then Tony Allen only took over the team after Xavier Henry uh, blew his knee out and O.J. Mayo got punched. So, like, it, it's all kind of variously accidental. I don't know. Serendipitous. I, I can. I kind of, like, 60% believe it was all an accident that the Grizzlies got good. Yeah, I mean, I think I, think I can... I can... I could I could see that. I have no uh beef with that evaluation. I think you have to give you know, I think it would be um you have to walk that line between <laughs> and being like 
completely anti Chris Wallace and being completely pro Chris Wallace. You know, there are some media members who are far more pro Chris Wallace than I understand largely because, you know, there's the, he's a nice guy and you know, he, he's, he'll, you know, talk to certain guys and, and all that. And that's, that's fine, I guess, but you have to take all that stuff into account. Um, I think it's, it's as usual, the truth is somewhere in the middle, but I I've said for a long time that, you know, you have to give the guy credit for that stuff. Even if he backed into it, yeah. he still got it. So he's going to give, you're going to give him credit for it, but that's not enough. And they've won in spite of these mistakes that they've made. It's a credit to, you know, the job that Lionel Hollins did for a long time to help those guys grow up. I mean, you know, as much as people would, would criticize Lionel, he, as a X's and O's coach, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, there are lots of things that I disagreed with Lionel about. Um, but as a guy who molded talent, like you, you talk to Mike Conley about what he did for him and he wouldn't be the guy that he is without the, the way that Hollins handled him. Same thing with Zach. They got into it a lot, but Zach will still go to, go to war for the guy. Um, you know, that, that helped a lot. That group, Marcus all was at his best when Lionel was kind of, you know, his best defensive efforts by far came under Lionel who was, was one of the few coaches that kind of cut through all of his Mark's BS and got to the, the heart of the matter. You know, he deserves a lot of credit for those, those things as well. And when you take those years away, they've made the playoffs, but what have they done? They've won one playoff series since they reached the Western conference finals. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's okay, I guess but it's not like overwhelming, unbelievable, knock your socks off success. It's, it's, it's okay. They got to the playoffs one year, having lost 17 of their last 20 games because you know, half the roster was injured and the rest of the West was imploding and somebody had to go and play and be the, you know, the fodder for the Spurs. And that was them. I would hardly even call that a playoff performance. So when you really look at it, uh, you know, it's, it feels churlish to like, um, you know, take shots at it. I'm, I'm not trying to, but it also seems crazy to me that you wouldn't criticize the front office that everybody, coaching staff, players, you can, ownership, people are talking about that, that everyone except the front office is going to take blame for this. No, no, not a chance. It takes a village to suck like this. <laughs> I, I yeah i like that. I, I, that that's a that's a pretty good wrap-up no definitely someone needs to be blamed for turning max cap space and two first round picks into literally nothing so uh with that i guess a year ago i will tell you peter a year ago almost to the day mike conley fractured his back and it looked like yep. the grizzlies weren't going to win a game for maybe two months however on a white horse came a savior his name was tony douglas <laughs> Tony there, Douglas forgot about the Tony Douglas era. Uh, Tony, the, Tony Douglas seven and one against the West Elite, I believe. Uh, anyway, Peter, is there a Tony Douglas out there for us? Is there? A, uh, is there a, Tony Douglas? Tony it could Douglas be. Himself. I believe he's available. Well, he's he's definitely available. He's I training mean, for the big three. Yeah, I, I would say uh, I'd say it's got to be Tony Douglas. Um, that's <laughs> you know, there's. Um, the the Tony Douglas is probably like uh, Dylan Brooks. You know, Dylan Brooks has had had that great two week run where he was playing out of his mind, and everyone was was going crazy about how. And and he has been better than anyone had any right to expect, but he's come back down to earth significantly. 
uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks. So maybe Dylan Brooks was the Tony Douglas of, of this team. And we we've already had that. And now it's back to the, the drawing board again. I don't, I mean, Kobe, Kobe Simmons uh, could be the Tony Douglas maybe. Um, well, the Kobe Simmons thing is weird. The Grizzlies have lost eight straight. Mike Conley isn't coming back anytime soon, but they're saving Kobe Simmons for some time where it gets worse. Like apparently they're assuming it's going to be worse. So they don't want to go ahead and use up his 45 days. He's allowed to be on the team. I think they just want to uh, be patient with him and they don't want to, they don't want to rush him and they they probably don't want to bring him up in this kind of an environment anyway. Makes sense. So, um, you know, just, just, just to give him a chance. I mean, I've, I've asked about him and they, they definitely like where he's at, but I, I don't think there's any rush to, to put any kind of pressure on him to be a savior. You know, he's, he's still very, very raw, but I mean, man, look, if you're asking me, I'd rather have him out there than Andrew Harrison. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm very bummed. Like I didn't think Fizdale was like a world beater as a coach, but I thought like man, maybe he'd get there. Cause he seemed like he was, a, he was a good leader, but, but I don't know, like, like him getting fired makes the, the Grizzlies seem, I don't know, a bit like a tire fire as an organization. And that combined with kind of all the roster mismanagement, them just not bringing in competent NBA players and doing this, well, let's get seven lottery tickets and seven second round picks and maybe one of them will be good. And that's how you get good is by having guys outperform their contract. Where it's like, I don't think no other good teams are doing this. Like no other good team has seven second round picks on their rookie contracts. So it's not a, it's not (laughs) a strategy that I think is going to uh, be a long-term winner. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, that that's that's the that's where they're at right now, man. And I, you know, it's I, I stick with what I said at the beginning of the year: thirty nine wins. It didn't feel like a playoff team to me. It definitely doesn't now. Um, it could certainly get worse before it gets better. I have no idea what will happen. There'll be a press conference uh, Tuesday morning to uh, talk about some of this stuff, and we'll find out maybe a little bit more at that point. And then they've got a really tough stretch of games. I mean, you, you mentioned the first four, but there's probably 11 of the next 12, basically, uh, apart from the Hawks. It's like Warriors, Celtics, Raptors, Thunder, two Spurs games. Um, you know, you, you got the, the, the Wolves, the Knicks, who are pretty good. The Heat, who are back over 500. Um, you know, uh, it's it's like there's just not it's it's a stretch where. And that, that, that honestly, I think probably weighed into the Grizzlies decision as well. Like this thing could have gotten, and maybe still will to 15 game losing streak. I mean, that's on the table. Franchise franchise record. They, they won't be favored. Yeah. The franchise record is 12 and, and they, and they, they could easily beat that. They won't be favored. I looking ahead when, when's the next time they'll be favored. I don't know if they're, if, if, if you can go, if you can go to uh, home against the wolves, I don't think they'd be favored at home against the wolves. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. I was going to say, uh, I'd I'd go to mybookie.ag with a code fast break and, uh, go ahead and place a bet on that Hawks game. Uh, I'd bet on the Hawks. Uh, they, they, they're, they're sneaky. All right. And they do things that the Grizzlies don't defend, which is just shoot three pointers and, and run around. So, uh, yeah. All right. It's a bad spot. Well, Peter, uh, Thanks for all your time. Yeah, man. You gotta you gotta do your locked on, or have you already done yours? No, I gotta do it. I've, I've, I haven't yeah, done it yet because we've been so uh, I've been busy, man. I was on NBA TV earlier tonight. I'm, I'm talking to you. I've been talking. You're on you're on NBA TV. Yeah, I did the I did hey. the pregame show with uh, Matt Weiner and those guys to talk about 
all this stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah. Pretty good deal. Congrats, so, man. Yeah. It's the, the video is up, uh, on the old, uh, on the old Twitter. If you want to check it out. Yeah, I will check so, that out. Right, yeah, well, you- it was, uh, it was good. Um, so, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been a, a very busy time and we, and, and kind of wanted to wait and see how this thing shook out and then have a few conversations before I record just in case something weird happens, uh, in the meantime, cause it's been that kind of a day. So, uh, I'll be recording here shortly. I'll have it up, uh, overnight and good for folks in the morning to check out. I appreciate the plug. Thank you for all that you guys do, uh, for, for locked on for me. Appreciate that. That's awesome. You guys are, I feel like a, a bit of a, a brother podcast. Uh, and I, I love what you guys do and love the merch that you guys are, are getting out there. So I want my, I want my, I want my, I want my shirt though. That's the one thing. What uh, kind of, I, I need to, what shirt you need? Oh, do you need a, how's it going? Yeah. I want the, how's it going shirt. I could probably get you one. We you, only, you, we you, only have a few physical copies left. Cause now we sell them. We're like the, the T public prints them. Right. So we, we only have a few of the ones we printed. I, I could probably get you one. If you got one laying around, just, yeah, just what, slide, what do you, slide what do you, my you, way. You like a large? You like a large? Uh, Medium? If you, you got an XL? You got an XL? Got an XL. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah you, you can do a large. I could probably do a large. I don't know. It depends on... You hit that cocoa bar too many times. <laughs> around this, after this week, uh, I mean, the XL may be stretching after this week, so stick, I don't know. Stick to the apples, Peter. Stick to the apples. <laughs> That's right. That's that healthy breakfast. We got to do that. All right. Well, thanks, man. Uh, we'll no, talk man. To happy, to, happy to do it. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Keith. Again, always good talking to you. And hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll see you uh, down here uh, soon. Hopefully so. I'll have my apples. All right. See you, bud. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Thanks a bunch to Peter for doing that for me before he records his own epic Locked on Grizzlies episode. You want to support our program, do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast or sign up for a Harry's Razors Shave Kit at harrys.com slash fastbreak. You can follow me on Twitter at fastbreakbreak. Like us on Facebook. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G and G. Fan break, break, man. You understand?